0: Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to End the Sticks, the podcast about something, nothing, and everything all at once. Man, it's been a month and a half. I've been neglecting you all. I apologize, but life happens, and, you know, I do this for fun. It's not a source of income. Not yet, anyways. So, when things that have to be done take precedent over things that I enjoy doing... I got to take some time off from this to to take care of what needs to be taken care of. I I just went back and kind of checked the last episode to see what I talked about because it had been so long and a lot has happened, which has really led to nothing happening. So this is just going to be a quick little episode. I'm going to update you, uh, kind of what's been going on to lead to nothing going on and, uh, you know give you an update as as to where we stand on the build and kind of tell you what we've been up to over the past month and a half or so so in the last episode you know i talked about taking the week off because i was recovering from a sinus infection and lo and behold as soon as i felt pretty much 100 percent from that we had we had really I, i started to get really bad allergies my truck is black and I could sit in the driver's seat of my truck and look out across the hood and it looked green. I mean there was so much pollen flying around in the air. I started to get real bad allergies and that turned into yet another sinus infection which I've been dealing with now for a couple of weeks, so I have been dealing with that. No big deal. I'm almost over round two. Maybe someone's looking down on me and they're gonna they're gonna substitute this one for the one I normally get in the fall, I can only hope. But it is what it is. It's one of those things that you got to deal with. Um, but I guess to to back up a little bit. So the the last episode published on March 1st and we hadn't even closed on the house yet. Well, I take that back. We had just signed the contract the last Friday in February. We signed the contract on the house to start the build. And, uh, you know, I, I had talked about how we couldn't do anything. We couldn't touch the land until... We had title insurance, which was supposed to be three days, three business days after we closed, and that was the case. We did get title insurance, but as I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, we had a chance of rain, and it rained uh, significantly, and so that delayed us for the rest of that week, and I think they finally started on the Monday of the following week, and they got the pad lined up. It looked great, and it looked like we were ready to start the stem wall. So we called the builder and we said, Hey, stem wall guy coming out. And he said, well, he's running behind on his previous job, but he will be out there next week. So we had kind of a week and a half of nothing happening because of the rain. And then the, the day that the stem wall guy was scheduled to start, I, I sent the builder a text message and I said, Hey, you know, Stemwall guy's supposed to be here today. I just wanted to confirm that he was going to come out because if he is, I'll leave the gate open for him. And the builder said, yeah, he's supposed to be there. Let me double check with him. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a shout back in just a minute. So about 20 minutes later, he sends us a text message, and it's a picture of the trailer that the Stemwall guy uses to haul his equipment. And it had a broken axle. <laughs> and he said, well, uh, you know, when it rains, it pours. This is the Stimmo guy's trailer. His axle's broke. He's not going to make it out today or maybe even this week. And I said, man, if he needs a trailer, I got one in the back. I got a, a dual axle 16-foot trailer. I don't know if it's big enough to carry what he's got, but he's more than welcome to use it. We want to get going on this thing. And he, And he said something about it not just being the trailer. He said that they would have to fix the trailer and finish up the job that they were at previously because it broke before they could finish that job. And so he said that he had reached out to a guy that used to do stem wall work for him who had kind of retired from that business and moved more into the developer business, the building business. And so he reached out to that guy and that guy said, yeah, I can do it for you, but I'm out of state in a fishing tournament. So it'll be, you know, Wednesday next week at the earliest that I can get out there. And so, you know, our builder went ahead and scheduled him to come out. And as luck would have it, I looked at the the forecast and starting on the day he was supposed to start, there was significant chance of rain that day and the rest of the week. Uh, this would have been last week. So sure enough, it poured for days and the pad is super wet. And what, what compounds the issue is the pad sits at the bottom of a hill and they actually had to cut into the side of the hill to bring dirt down to have enough fill dirt to make the pad big enough. And so everything runs down that hill into the pad, which prevents it from drying out as quickly as it would if it was say on even ground or maybe even elevated. So, uh, so it's all trenched out now and it's soaking wet, you know, it hasn't rained now for a couple of days, but it's still, it's still pretty sloppy down there. So, There's no chance of rain today, there's a minor chance of rain tomorrow, and there's another significant chance of rain at the end of this week. They're going to try to get the stem wall guy out uh, either tomorrow or maybe the following day, and they think that they can get the, the forms put in place, the trenches dug and the forms put in place, and pour the concrete before Friday, and if they can do that, then we should be able to get the stem wall in just in time to beat the rain. And if they can do that, then then we're looking pretty good because that's that's kind of the big holdup right now. If they can get the stem wall poured, uh, they can start the plumbing and stuff. Y- even if it's sloppy muddy, uh, they can come in and run the lines and stuff and, and get that underway. So when it dries out, they can put the filler sand in there and then actually pour the foundation after all the plumbing and, and all that stuff is run. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that... that that small chance of rain turns into no rain and it stays dry till Friday because if that happens, there is a chance that we could actually start the construction of the house this week. But man, it's just been one thing after another. We haven't had great luck with the weather, but I mentioned it in the last episode. This is spring in central Oklahoma and there's almost a weekly chance of rain. We really, we really need about a, a week straight of no rain to be able to get the stem wall in and then once all the plumbing and stuff is run, we need another few days of no rain so that we can get the foundation poured. And from that point, we'll be we'll be looking pretty good. Because even if it rains after that, after the foundation is poured, uh, as, as long as it's not raining at the time that they want to work, uh, they can deal with muddy conditions on the ground as long as they're building up from there. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, like I said, fingers crossed that everything works out the way it's supposed to. And, and we get, uh, you know, we get to rocking on this project, but as you can understand, uh, probably anyways, we're, we're pretty frustrated. You know, it's, it's, uh, a month and a half now after we closed on the house and all we have to show for it is some dirt work and a pile of material, um, laying off to the side of that dirt work. So it's frustrating. But we're trying to stay positive about it. You know, we're looking at it from the perspective of we're saving money. You know, the less work they do, the more money we're saving because you only you only make payments on what you've drawn from the loan. And as of right now, uh, we've only drawn about nine thousand dollars from the loan, so uh, you know the interest is very low on that, and and we're keeping our payments low until they do actually start work. So that is a positive that comes out of all of this, and we'll take what we can get at this point but yeah the uh, the builder's pretty confident that once once we get the frame up and especially once we get it dried in we can make up quite a bit of ground uh, from all these delays that we've been experiencing so one thing that you need to talk to your to your uh loan officer about who whoever you get your 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 construction loan through uh, you need to talk to them about delays and how that affects the timing of your loan because as you may know if you pull out a construction loan you you typically you'll have one year from your signing date to complete the project and so what that means is if you don't finish construction within one year from the date you close on the loan you could start to face penalties and fines and costs for going over that year mark and from my understanding those are pretty significant however Mm -hmm. We talked to our our loan officer from the very beginning and they explained to us, you know, if you, if you come across delays that are beyond anybody's control, uh, especially if they're beyond your control, then let us know, shoot us an email, shoot us a text message, whatever. Just keep us apprised of the situation so that in the end, if you need extra time and it's a bunch of stuff that, you know, you couldn't control, then... We'll give you an extension and you won't have to pay any fines or penalties or anything like that. So, of course, I've already emailed the loan officer and I've explained to him uh, the delays that we have faced to this point. And I basically said, hey, listen, I want to keep you up to date. This is what's going on. Uh, You know, we're a month and a half out from closing and, and all we have to show is a dirt pad for it. So just a heads up, we're already running behind, even though they think they can make up ground in the interim. Um, I want to make sure that I document all this. I've saved the email, so if it comes up later, I can say, no, look, I told you on this date that we were in behind. I told you on this date, blah, 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 and hopefully that'll save us in the end. If it comes to that, I'm confident that even at this point, we'll be okay because once we make it through the rainy season here, which is going to be basically the end of May, maybe first week of June, um, it's really going to dry out. And it'll be pretty dry through mid-September, so they can probably get quite a bit of work done. And, and by then, they should be at a point where outside weather shouldn't affect what they're doing inside the house. So So we're keeping our fingers crossed. We're trying to stay optimistic, and I'm sure everything will work out just the way it's supposed to. So, so yeah, just get on here to tell you that we've done nothing. <laughs> we've pretty much done nothing except for cut some dirt since the last time I talked to you guys. Uh, But another thing we did do was, uh, Kendra and I went out and bought a travel trailer. It was not a a knee-jerk reaction. That was something that was always in the plans for us. It's something that we've wanted to do for a while. We were just waiting for the timing to be right. And, you know, we just got to the point where we're living in this tiny trailer. There's stuff everywhere. It's kind of, you know, it can be frustrating at times because we've got so much stuff that there's nowhere to put anything. And so getting out of the house is uh it's good, you know, it's refreshing to just go get away from this mess and kind of relax for a couple of days. And so ultimately we made the decision to to go ahead and buy a travel trailer. And so we started looking and travel trailers are are it's kind of like the real estate market right now. They are you can't find any. Uh, you know, the new ones are way overpriced, so you look one, look for one that's slightly used and, and you just, you can't get them. And, you know, we found, we started looking, we found one that we actually went to look at and, you know, it looked pretty nice on the pictures and we thought it would be good for us because it was pretty cheap and, and we thought it would be a good starter trailer for us. So we went to check it out and it turns out that it was a FEMA trailer, so it was a trailer that was used... Uh, for displaced victims in Katrina And so it's it's about 16 years old And it's pretty significantly used <laughs> It wasn't bad It was just very outdated And, you know, it, it just wasn't for us We didn't, We looking around We could tell that there were some things That would probably be issues pretty soon And we just didn't like it We didn't want to buy a money pit So we ended up passing on that one And then there was a couple that we tried to inquire about that, you know, they were posted that day or maybe the previous day and we would call and they would be sold. In fact, there was one that was an excellent price for the exact trailer that we wanted and we called them in the morning. It was on a Friday. We called them in the morning and they said, yes, it's still available. We don't have any offers on it. And so my wife asked if we could come look at it later that evening because I'd worked Thursday night. I was going to sleep Friday, and then when I woke up Friday, we were going to go take a look at it. And when I woke up Friday, uh, my wife told me that they had sold it. So, uh, you know, it it went from nobody's seen it, nobody's made an offer, to it's gone. (laughs) And And that's how it is with a lot of travel trailers, especially when you're looking used. My mom ran into the same problem. They just bought a travel trailer as well and they had pretty much given up looking for one because they just they couldn't find one that they liked that was still available and so they you know they'd almost given up and then just by happenstance they you know it got brought up in conversation again they got online and started looking they found one that had just gone for sale and they called the people and said, we want to come look at it and they went and looked at it and bought it so you know they got lucky and then We got unlucky and lucky all in the same day within, you know, a couple of hours. So we got online and we found one at a local RV dealership. I won't say their name. Um, But they were pretty much running a scam, in my opinion. They, They ran an advertisement online, which just happens all the time. It doesn't really surprise me. Car dealerships do the same thing. But they ran an ad online about this travel trailer that was for sale. And it was the same one that we were looking at from a private party that ended up, you know, we called them Friday morning and and it sold by the time I woke up, it was the same model, same year, and it was priced really well. And so we thought, well, let's go take a look at it. And we drove down there. Uh, Kendra actually took off the day from work, not, not to go trailer shopping, but just because she wanted a day off from work. So we used that opportunity to go down there and we showed them the ad that they had posted on their website online and basically they said, well, no, that one's sold. It's been sold for a while. And we told them, well, it's on your website and it's listed for sale. It's not listed for pending or sold or anything. I mean, it's still listed as for sale. And, you know, he told us, oh, well, you know, our our internet guy, our internet guy was so overwhelmed that he just up and left because, you know, he he was so overwhelmed, all these trailers coming in, coming out, he couldn't keep up. He just decided to leave. So we don't have an internet guy. Dude, an internet guy? Really? It's 2021. If you don't know how to get online and take a trailer off the market that's been sold, that's pretty sad. I mean, I think you could have a very short training session and make it a collective effort that when when a trailer sells, somebody gets online and they market it sold. They take it off of the availability list. But that's not what happened. I'm sure... I don't even know if it was ever available or if it was ever even a thing. Because they had another trailer identical to the one that we wanted to buy that was listed for sale. And it was listed for sale for, I don't know, five or $6,000 more than the one that he said had already sold. So we pointed this out to him and we said, well, can you make us the same deal on that trailer? And he said, well, no, no, no. The one that sold, that listing was from like February. And these things are going up like 10% a month. so." Uh, you know, I can't make you that deal on this one. And so we pretty much said, okay, bye. And we left, uh, you know, we weren't going to get the runaround from this guy. It was, it was all nonsense. And, you know, we, of course, um, we gave him our phone number and we said, if you have anything that comes in the next couple of days that you can make us a good deal on, this is our budget, give us a call. But it sounds like you're not going to be able to do that. And of course, oh no, you know, I'm going to work for you. I'm going to shop for you, blah, blah, blah. And we left, Fully anticipating that he wasn't going to call us back. And so far he hasn't. But uh, literally as we were driving away, my mom sent me a message on Facebook from Facebook marketplace of a travel trailer that was for sale by a private party. It's a 2013 nomad and they had it listed for a really good price. And so, you know, he had just listed it. We immediately called him and we said, Hey, is your travel trailer still for sale? And he said, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I work at the Air Force Base, and I'm at work now, but I can meet you after work at about 5 if you can meet me up here. So so we made arrangements to get our son to his baseball game so that we could go look at this travel trailer. And we got up there, and we were looking at the outside of it. And the outside is in really good shape. There was on the front of it and on the driver's side of it, the decals are starting to peel off. You could tell that wherever he had it parked, that that side was likely in the sun. And it had kind of cooked those decals off. But, you know, that's just aesthetic. We weren't too terribly worried about that. So while we were waiting for him to show up, there was another couple that drove by. And they were eyeballing it real hard. You know, they stopped and looked at it. And and uh, <laughs> my wife and I even kind of looked at each other. And she said, well, we were here first. So sure enough, he shows up. And he opens it up for us. And we started looking around. And y'all, this thing was immaculate. Um, you know, he's a... Uh, He's a military guy, he's an officer, so it didn't really surprise me that it was super clean. It was in really good shape, and you know, he said that he had bought it in, I think, South Dakota when he was stationed up there, so it was really well insulated, and he said that he had taken it on a couple of trips, and then he took it uh, on a TDY assignment and lived in it while he was on TDY for about three months, and then you know, brought it back, cleaned it up real good and hadn't really used it since. So his wife wanted to, wanted him to sell it. And, you know, we, we just knew that this was the one. It's in super good shape. Like I said, it's really clean. And so uh, we gave him a cashier's check for the full price right there on the spot, because we knew if we didn't, it would be gone when we called back. So we went ahead and bought it. We're super glad that we did. Um, you know, we pulled it home that night, started going through it and kind of learning things about it. And and, uh, you know, obviously there were certain things that we could check to see if they worked while we were there looking at it. And then, you know, when we got it home, we plugged it up to electricity and we fired up all the propane tanks and everything works perfectly on it. And so we were real happy with it. In fact, we even, we took it out to Lake Thunderbird and stayed in it Saturday night at one of their RV parks there. And it it, it was great. You know, we've been tent camping for years. And so... This, this was a obviously a huge upgrade from tent camping. Uh, you know, we had a great time. My mom, they actually brought their trailer down, their brand new trailer. It was the first time they had stayed in theirs. They stayed right across the street from us. So we had a, a nice little one night outing at the lake. Had a good time. Learned a lot of things about the trailer, how to hook it up, how to break it down, that kind of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really good purchase. And we're going to have a lot of fun with that. We've already planned a couple more trips, and and we're ready to go. And that kind of brings me up to my next point. <clears throat> kind of an announcement, I guess. It's not a a huge deal, but I think it's pretty cool. And this was actually, believe it or not, this was Kendra's suggestion. Uh, she brought it up to me, and I decided that I would run with it. So I'm, I'm going to do it, I guess. <laughs> uh, and, and that is I'm going to start doing YouTube videos, and... They're basically going to be my bo- my podcast recorded on camera, and uh, I'm going to do video overlays so that, you know, if, if you listen on your way to work or whatever, you can still do that. But then if you have time, you can go look it up on YouTube, and you can have more of a visual representation of what I'm talking about. So, you know, when I talk about stuff like the dirt work being washed out, yeah, I, I can show you what I mean when I say that. And... You know, I can show you our chicken coop set up and that kind of stuff because people often ask me, you know, what it looks like and how we have things set up. And so now now this, this will give me the opportunity to have a visual representation uh, of what I'm talking about on the podcast. And I'm also going to go through and kind of explain some things because there's, there's so much that I didn't know about RVing that... Uh, is, is actually crucially important. For instance, if if you're going to go buy an RV and you're a first time RV owner, uh, you need to expect to spend anywhere from 12 to $1,500 on top of what you spend on the trailer to make sure that you have all the appropriate accessories like a clean water hose and a, and a gray water hose. And you got to make sure that you have, a, you know, a black water hose to dump to the sewer. You have to make sure you have a water pressure regulator and a surge protector. And you want to get special blocks to stabilize your, your RV with and toe hitches and this and that. So I'm going to go through all that stuff on the video. I'll put links in the description. I, I created a, an Amazon affiliate account. So if you see something that I talk about that you like, maybe you already have an RV and it's something that you haven't thought of, or if you're about to purchase an RV, you can go uh, to the YouTube site and look in the description and they will have links. Affiliate links to Amazon, and if you purchase something using that link, um, of course it gets me a little bit of commission. So that's kind of cool. I thought that couldn't really hurt. It doesn't cost me any money, and if I don't use it, it just goes away. So there's really no downside in that. So I'm going to do some stuff like that, and um, we'll we'll see how it goes. I know that making a video is a lot more it's a lot more time consuming than doing a podcast. So we'll just have to see how it goes. Um, if I enjoy it and, you know, I think it's worth it, then I'll, 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 keep it up. Like I said, I don't, I don't make any money on this now. And I really don't intend on making any money, um, in the near future doing this, but if it gets to that point, that would be awesome. And if it doesn't, like I said, I enjoy it. I do this for fun. And, you know, we, I talk to a lot of people, a lot of people ask me questions about how the house is going and now how, how the RV life is, which, you know, it's only been one weekend, but, um, I've gotten a lot of questions about it, so I thought I thought it would be a cool visual representation so I could get on there and if you have questions you can just watch the video. So I'm going to start that uh, hopefully next week, I've already got a lot of footage from our camping trip and I'm going to go out and record some more um, in regards to the accessories and that kind of stuff that we purchased to use while we do camp and um, hopefully you can watch those things and learn from them. And uh, another benefit of that is if you watch something and see uh, something that maybe I've overlooked, you could reach out to me and say, hey, have you ever thought about this? And I can address that on one of my podcast slash videos. So anyways, that's where I stand. Um, I don't have any profiles or anything like that. I might not have one of those for a while. I got a lot going on right now, so I don't have a lot of extra time to do that kind of research. But um, if I have some time, I will. I actually just read killer of the flower moon which is about the osage indian tribe um and how badly they were taken advantage of by the white folk <laughs> um back in the in the 19 uh, teens 1920s and it was uh, I'm a, the book is so good it's so interesting and it's and it's really sad at the same time um But I might actually talk about that a little bit. They're actually filming a movie in Osage County, Oklahoma, right now uh, that's based off of the book. So I'm looking forward to that coming out so I can watch it. But anyways, that's something that I'm looking forward to in the future along with the videos. So stay tuned. Uh, That's about all I got for you this time. So with that being said, take care of each other. Take care of yourself. God bless you and God bless America.